Carlos Estevez and I listen to Halfway Around the Halo. Fires the first. The Angels have no hit. The Seattle Mariner racing back to the track. Good morning, afternoon, evening, whatever time of day you're listening to this. This is Halfway Around the Halo, the LA Angels UK podcast. I'm your host, Nick Bright, at LA Angels UK, and I'm delighted to be joined by Toby Barnes once again. Toby, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, Hopefully the weather is a lot better in Arizona than it is in the UK currently. It normally is because it's Arizona, but you know. Yeah, I think uh... I think it's been a bit cold there to start, but I saw I saw plenty of sun the other day when I was watching the game. So, yeah, you say I we had a brief discussion before we came on here about the weather, and you haven't got the rain I've got in London. It is hammering down right now. Yeah, luckily in the Midlands, so far avoiding it. Um, it's cloudy, so it could be on the way, but hopefully, uh, hopefully not not too bad. Yeah, I hope hope you avoid it for once. This is season six, episode three of Halfway Around the Halo. And rejoice, third episode into the season. We have some baseball back and we're going to talk about that, Toby. But how happy were you just to see like the Cactus League start and the players back out there and the content flying around social media? I mean, I I tweet. I don't, I don't tweet a lot. I'm on I'm on Twitter. I kind of I enjoy browsing. I don't tweet a lot, but I tweeted. I was like, I'm so happy to see baseball highlights back on my timeline. Nothing, nothing makes me happier than just seeing dingers and strikeouts and just great defensive plays, just filling up the timeline again. It's brilliant to see, see the baseball back. Obviously, the quality is not there because it is the Cactus League and spring training in general. But, but you know, I've I've dressed for the occasion. I've got a little cactus on my t-shirt. Love that. Just to Absolutely celebrate the Cactus that. League. So yeah, I'm hopefully the uh, the Angels can can win on the Cactus League. But it doesn't look doesn't look too promising so far. Is that to celebrate the back to back Cactus League champions? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, I thought so. You gotta you gotta support that and celebrate that where we can. But you're right. Uh quality is never quite there in spring training, but that's not what it's there for. What we can be thankful for though is those 8 p.m. starts. So at least we get to watch our favorite players in prime time UK viewing rather than the middle of the night. Yeah, for for an inning and a half, maybe two innings. Uh <laughs> see how they see how they're getting on. And luckily for for the most part, a lot of the the guys seem to be picking up where they left off for, in some cases, even kind of supplanting where they were last year. Yeah, you actually texted me the other day, didn't you, during one of the games, asking if I was still watching. I think we were like in the fourth inning or something. I said, no, I'm done. I was yeah, already... Starters were out, you were out. Yeah, starters were out, I'm out. But then again, some of the young guys are fun to watch. But we're going to talk about spring training in a bit. Before we keep going on the show, I just wanted to... Uh... So my thoughts and prayers are with the Showbays right now. Some breaking news overnight. I know Shohei is no longer an angel, but we know that they some of those fantastic loyal Japanese followers still listen to the podcast. I get the analytics. They're still listening. They still love our angels. And they're going to be pretty heartbroken over the news that Shohei is indeed married. Toby, how are you feeling about that? I know you've got a soft spot I, in your heart for show. I, I, think, I think we're all quite heartbroken at the minute. Obviously, we're all delighted for Shohei to, to be be on this kind of brand new adventure for him um but yeah i think we're all we're all quite upset that he is now officially off the market first as an angel but then second as a single man 
Um, it's just, it is devastating, to be honest, for the entire baseball community. And what a lucky woman. What a lucky woman. Oh, for sure. For sure. He's a star. If, if you think if he's that talented on a baseball field, imagine what he's like off it, you think. Correct. I mean, mind, mind's going all over the place at this point. It's best we move on from that very, very quickly. <laughs> uh, before we move on to spring training, so, but there's actually, since we last recorded, I think it was the start of Fair Bosnia. There's been quite a lot going on in Angel's world. We saw a big interview from Artie Moreno or some comments from him with the local press, with Jeff Fletcher. Sam Bloom asked him a few questions. We then got comments from Mike Trout, from Anthony Rendon. Loads to unpack, loads that's been going over and over on Angel's social media and actually the wider baseball world. So shall we start with Moreno? We sort of spoke about him on the last podcast and the directionlessness of this franchise effectively and the worries we had about his leadership and where things were actually going to go this year. And then he's come, and we sort of speculated, didn't we? There were rumours that he might be selling on the sly and in secret. He came out very much, and as you said he would, really, he came out very much and said, this is not happening, I'm in for the long haul. What did you think about his comments to Jeff Fletcher? I think the problem with the entire press conference was it was so contradictory in terms of him saying that he's, a businessman is a smart businessman, but then he's turned down offers of north of $5 billion. When your most saleable asset is now not with the franchise, which arguably takes off a significant portion of the value of the franchise because of what he brings for endorsements and eyeballs and everything globally. The, the franchise is now worth a lot less with Shohei Atani gone. And he still, he could have signed him and didn't. And then has turned on offers of silly amounts of money that a lot of people can't even can't even dream of yeah and he still claims that he's a good businessman and then says that he wants to still compete but doesn't want to spend as much money to to kind of have those those comments all in the same press conference just so contradictory and just speaks to as we've we've touched upon how directionless the the, the franchise seems yeah definitely i know sam bloom did the poll in his annual survey just before this as well and that was not pretty reading for leadership or the franchise generally, was it? I mean, fans have reached that point. You look even from last year and there was quite, let's be honest, there was optimism last year going into the season. We'd spent a bit of money. It looked like they were going all in behind Shohei and Mike and just trying to make a run for it. And the polling was still a bit mixed, but you look at it this year. I mean, it's fallen through the floor. Everybody is really in a bad place with this ownership I think and the direction of where he's taking us yeah I think I think Sam Bloom had over 1500 respondents and I think there was three that were satisfied with Artie Marino's job as as owner and it's understandable you look at kind of what you can't kind of fault him last year for actually spending a bit of money but the scraping that they did to get under the luxury tax at the end by putting basically everyone they could on waivers and just hoping that they scraped under and ended up being like, was it less than a thousand dollars under the luxury was, tax limit, or some, very, very something much. really, really close? And it's kind of like to to do that amount of scrimping and saving just to sneak under the luxury tax it just seems a bit, just a bit of a joke, really, more than anything else. And the franchise has become the ball club as a whole is just, just a bit of a joke at the minute. Mm. I saw that the uh, MLBPA were also looking into the Angels' actions last year, getting back under the tax. Not that I think they've done anything wrong, and I will defend them on that. I mean, it's clearly part of the current arrangements part of the agreement they've signed so the halos themselves did nothing wrong in 
the way they approached August and September and releasing these players and saving that money. But it is just interesting to note that it's just another thing that may be held against the Angels somewhere down the line when negotiations are being had, um, Moreno's ownership. But with Moreno's ownership, and I think you make some good points there, you then lead on to Mike Trout's comments and how fascinating they really were, I guess, for twofold. Once the loyalty, again, he showed to this franchise, talks about wanting to win championships here, wanting things to be, you know, they'll be as special here as they would be anywhere else. You couldn't beat that feeling if he could achieve it. He didn't quite rule out a trade down the line, but I honestly... Don't take anything negative from his comments at all. I think they were as supportive of the franchise and as committed to the franchise as you could possibly get um, for a guy like that, a superstar. But the second point, which I think was more interesting, and I like your thoughts on it, was when he's talking about constantly pushing Moreno and Carpino and Angel's leadership and front office to make a big splash again, but also the fact that he's in touch with these guys, that he's talking to free agents and that he says that they want to play for the Angels. What did you make of those comments? I think that to stick on the, the first, the kind of first half of his, of his comments, I kind of read almost a little bit between the lines, maybe a little bit too much that he said it would be easy to ask for a trade and leave which if you kind of flip that around, he's basically said it, it's a hard decision to stay. And that's kind of how I have taken it in terms of like, it's quite, it's it's a tough road. It's tough to stay with the Angels and actually stay believing in them. So I feel like I've taken it as that. And then when you lead on to his comments about that he is in touch with kind of the guy, the, the powers that be who make all the decisions to say, look, we need to sign these guys, we need these guys. And they're clearly not listening to him because Mike Trout is a very... He's very quiet in the media. He very much keeps himself to himself and lets his his on-field work the talk. And the fact that he's had to come out and make these comments to almost force them to make some moves just shows his frustration with the lack of, of like we say, lack of any direction, the lack of any signings, the lack of any spending, that he's kind of felt compelled to come out and say that I'm in touch with these guys and I want these signings to happen. I've spoken to people that want to come and play with the Angels, want to come and play with me, want to come and play for this team, yet not a lot is actually going on. Yeah, I think personally, I think you're reading too much into the comments there. I mean, everybody knows that it's probably not the easiest time to play for the Angels as a superstar and multiple MVP winner. I mean, everybody expects Mike Trout to win a championship. Everyone expects Mike Trout to be playing playoff games and to be winning playoff games and to be starring in playoff games, more importantly. So I don't think that's a secret. And I don't think you really need to read much beyond his comments. Obviously, I think for me, his point was he loves being at the Angels. He always has loved being at the Angels. He loves showing loyalty to the Angels. And that's why he will put in all the work he can to try and win a championship here. And that includes trying to entice free agents. It includes encouraging ownership and front office to make the splash and get these players in. So I actually view them completely from a positive point of view. I think he is like Mr. Angel and especially what we saw with our other superstar in the offseason, not that I'm blaming Shohei in any way for the decision he made. It, it is worlds apart. And I just think to have Mike saying that was so important heading into a year where we know from our first two podcasts this year, we're not exactly in the, the happiest place in terms of direction of franchise and what's to come. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, like you say, I, mean, I guess Trout obviously being drafted by the Angels and coming up through the system kind of, 
loyalties are going to be a lot more there than show how you came in as an international um for agent but the, the kind of you can't fault the, the guy's loyalty and the fact that he is I, I feel like it's not even a question that he's the best angel to have ever put on a jersey so the fact that he is showing his willingness to stick around is something that you you can't you can't fault really um i just hope that kind of the front office does kind of take take heed of what he said and actually actually uh make some makes a splash even though they, there's not a lot of splashy free agents left but that, if there's that's, yeah that's the sort of point i was gonna make after this i mean i would love them to and i i take mike's point completely and from a competitive point of view obviously he wants to win now and he wants to see better players coming in to give him a chance to do that but in reality as you sort of touched on who's left giving blake snell a big deal and bring him into that run rotation does it improve the angels yes does it make the angels a playoff team highly highly unlikely same with any i mean montgomery i think is a slight step down from snell again doesn't do it. You could get a DH in there like JD Martinez we've talked about. I personally still think we need a bat in the middle uh, in the infield. You need another bat in there. And you look, even in spring now, I just think we look a bat light. But are these impact bats available going to make a huge deal of difference? Again, like it's really tough to say. So then you get to that point. And I think this is probably where Moreno is and not to defend him in any way, shape or form, but He's looking at it and he's like, I could spend another 30, 40 million on two two players here. Is this going to make any difference to the direction of the franchise next year? Are we going to make the playoffs this year? Are we going to make the playoffs? Probably not. Have I just spent 40 million extra unnecessarily for the same situation and maybe like five more wins, for example? So I think they're in a tough position. And I think ultimately it goes back to what we've been talking about in the last couple of episodes. This is not just about buying ready-made players now this has to be a wider strategy in terms of development these draft picks you've got to nail them you've got to get everything from the scouting to your development right so that we are bringing through these homegrown players and actually as a positive that is kind of where you look at the franchise and the roster right now there's a lot of homegrown talent there there's a lot of young guys with potential that we have brought through so you can do it but it's just the cupboard is very sparse of talent beneath that major league level, I guess, through the minors. Yeah, I mean, we, we've spoken about this kind of off uh, off podcast through, through text and stuff. And we've kind of, we've, all, we've, we've both agreed that while they are technically homegrown talent drafted by the Angels, the guys that are kind of the young guys coming through haven't spent a lot of time in the minor league angel system. Neto played, what, 13 odd games for Rocket City before coming straight up? Shanoel, something similar as well before they came up. Obviously, Hoppy came in trade. Yeah. And they're your three, your next big three superstars who actually haven't, I mean, I use the word tainted, haven't been tainted by the Angels <laughs> minor league development because it, it seems that seems to be kind of a general thing in that the guys who have spent a lot of time in the development system haven't really developed to what they what they have. You look at just classic case of, of Joe Adele who spent a lot of time in the minors and hasn't developed on the potential that is clearly there. Um, so yeah, the, the guys that have come up that do count as the homegrown drafted talent actually aren't massively homegrown. They're more just major league ready. And I fear that the Angels drafting strategy isn't going to change because they are still trying to win now and they are going to try and pick the most major league ready talent rather than the the guys with the most potential. I feel like that is kind of where their their drafting strategy will is still going to remain in the next in this coming draft. 
Yeah, no, I think you're right. I think they probably want that infusion of talent fairly early into the major league team. I think you can even look on the pitching side as well. I think you say the same things. I mean, Detmers did a bit of time in the minors, but not loads. Joyce, the same. Those kind of players. Sandoval came over in a trade. None of them have gone hugely through the system all the way over an extended period of time. So, yeah, it's an interesting point. But Chase Silseth as well. Yeah, Silseth as well. I mean, that's where money needs to be spent. And whilst I will never say no to talent on the major league side coming in and spending money, it's not my money. I want to see the best Angels team possible. I guess I can just understand the hesitation from front office and ownership on spending money on a year where nobody expects anything from us. I mean, yeah, we're obviously kind of over in Britain, big, big football fans. And we've, we've just seen a, a classic example of spending all the money or having the homegrown talent in Chelsea and Liverpool, who've just had the Carabao Cup final where Liverpool, who kind of had a very young team out there that cost a total of 37 million. I think it was uh, in terms of cost to buy them one they beat Chelsea, whose lineup cost stupid amounts of money, kind of hundreds of millions of pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and they bought all these young players rather than growing them themselves. So I feel like that's an example of if you have the system beneath to be able to grow the players, it's a it's a better example of kind of of that of bringing them through than just buying them and expecting them to kind of deliver. What was it? Gary Neville said billion pound bottle jobs, wasn't it? The I billion mean, pound bottle jobs versus Klopp's kids. That was the uh, that exactly. was his exactly. No, it's a it's a it's a good point. The third set of comments, I guess, that we need to touch upon, uh, Anthony Rendon's comments. And we've discussed Rendon to death. I think it's been done to death on social media. So I don't want to talk about them too much. But I guess from my point of view, him talking about baseball not being important, him talking about family and faith uh, being more important things in his life, absolutely fine. And I think this is where it's been a bit confused by the general baseball media and specific angels comments and people that understand the situation. I think nobody is particularly concerned with what Rendon said. I don't think anybody particularly disputes those feelings. And as you mentioned to me off camera earlier, like Merrill Kelly came out the picture and said, Rendon is not alone in this league and feeling the same thing. Baseball is just not as important as other factors of his life. That is absolutely fine. But what we know is the attitude that comes with it. We know the way Rendon said it, how he treats the media, how he's really treated the fans in his time being here, and also just the lack of productivity, or actually it looks like effort, to be honest. And I think that's the biggest thing of all. The perceived lack of effort in plays, some of the errors he was making last year, which just looked a bit lazy, a bit sloppy. That is what people are annoyed about. And when you pair all of that together with his comments and actually what we've seen and heard over an extended period of time, that's why people are annoyed, right? Yeah, for sure. I feel like if you speak to you, if you speak to any professional baseball player, family comes first. And for a lot of a lot of guys are quite um quite faithful and big believers and they would say that their faith comes first so no one is questioning the fact that he said that his family and faith comes first i think what annoyed most people is that he said baseball's just a job to him in that you've got people who absolutely love the game they'd do anything for it they'd kind of they would give up so much and they love what they do and the fact that he's just saying it's just a job is I think that's what kind of upset most people and the fact that, like I say, no one no one dispute that it's not 
his top priority because there are so many other things outside of anyone who works will say that their work isn't their top priority. But when someone is kind of in the entertainment business, which is ultimately what, what sports are, it's, it's kind of for, for the fans mainly. You want them to, to love what they do and show the passion for the team that you have. You want them to share that. And they're, they're actually putting on the jersey and going out and having to deliver. You want them to show that passion. And the fact that he said it's just a job just shows a lack of passion. And I think that's kind of what upset the franchise mainly. I'm at work right now, for example. So, I mean, that says it all whilst we're recording this podcast. <laughs> but I think it's the fact, I think you're right, it's that. But it's also the fact you're paying, being paid $37 million a year for this job. There are expectations that come with that sort of money, as far as I'm concerned. And that includes being available to media, being available to fans, being a face of a franchise that is paying you a lot of money to play baseball and ultimately not play baseball very well from what we've seen as a halo. And or play a lot of baseball in general. Like he he's played, played a quarter of a season in the last... It's a fair he's, point. he's not played a full season in three years. In terms of, uh, if you add all his games that he's played together, he's not played a full season. And nobody, nobody disputes injuries happen. So I don't want to criticise the man for being injured. But all of the factors we have seen all just come together don't they to create this environment and this situation where he makes comments like that and they get blown so far out of proportion because we know the context of everything that comes with it um, and this year is going to be very interesting to see how often he plays how he plays and whether Ron Washington can get the best out of him yeah, do, do you think that Ron Washington will be a kind of guy that if he sees that he's not putting in max effort, even though Rendon's a big name, do you think that he will happily pull him from the team or is he just going to leave him there through through a slump or through a lack of effort? Do you think he'll leave him in or do you reckon it'll, it'll be quick to, to hook him off? Being truthful, I don't think he'll have to leave him in. I think if Rendon's going through that, he'll probably pull himself out of the lineup. <laughs> well, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, I, I mean, I think I trust Ron Washington's judgment and actually... We'll, I think we'll talk about Washington a bit later on in the spring, but been thoroughly, thoroughly impressed by everything I've seen so far from him. His comments, the clips, working with the infielders, everything I've seen so far, I've been so impressed. And I really am glad that he is leading the Halos this year. Yeah, I think you speak, any of the players who have done any kind of interview have just said how much better of an atmosphere it seems around the place and how inspiring he is just working with everyone and working tirelessly and just saying how enthusiastic the the whole club seems with with him around and how it's just how his enthusiasm is just infectious and you can see that you can see that everyone looks like they're actually enjoying being being there in the spring which is which is really nice to see absolutely yeah so let's get on to spring toby let's get on to spring halo's currently two and three in the cactus league but records do not matter whatsoever but give me your initial thoughts, seeing baseball players back, seeing the Halos back on the field. What have you noticed so far? I've noticed that Nolan Shanamal looks twice the size that he did last year. <laughs> he said that he'd put on, was it about 40 pounds or something ridiculous? And you're like, whoa, that is that is a lot to put on in an offseason. And it, it looks like it looks like he has as well. He's looking, he's looking quite, quite rotund now, let's say, but he looks like he's switched up his swing a little bit and he's, he's holding his hands a bit lower and he's looking a bit more compact in his swing and looks like he's kind of putting a few things together, which is which is nice. And there's guys that look a lot more improved. Joe Adele looks... I mean, he does it every spring, so I feel like we can't really get fooled, but Joe Adele, just his first at-bat every spring, is kind of always goes quite far 
um, whether it's a triple or a home run. I think he home run the first at-bat he had last spring and he's tripled this spring first at-bat. But again, every spring he looks like he can do the business. Neto obviously got a triple and a double uh, the other day. So yeah, I think that I think that the young guys look like they they are progressive. Yeah, it's always an interesting time in spring because timing's always off. They're working on a few things, aren't they, to get ready for the year. You can't read huge amounts into it. But I know that we talked about this off camera and... You want to play a little game, don't you? Some wild shouts, effectively. Let let's let's start that off, Toby. Tell let me know what you want from me, and you can start us off with one. Yeah. So the game I like to play is it's just spring training, but and we're going to have an outlandish statement that is not impossible, but it's more improbable. It's kind of a little bit outlandish, a little bit out there, and we're just going to try and back it up from what we've seen. From it's been five games. Um, very few at bats because obviously guys have been pulled and there's loads of subs. But um, yeah, so it's just spring training. But Zach Neto might be the best player on the Angels team. That is my that is my first statement. Okay, I'm gonna follow that with why. What makes you think that? The fact that he was on cycle watch in very early on, and just his defense just looks there. And if he can be reliable this year in terms of health wise, I feel like there is no doubt that he's going to have a little bit more power on his back this year. And I think that he could potentially be the the best player, maybe the best player not with a fish in his name. Mm. Um, but yeah, I feel like he could be the best player on, on the Angels team. Interesting. I absolutely love the video I saw of him working with Wash the other day when he was just, it was basically, as we'd call in cricket, throwdowns effectively, wasn't it? He was just picking them out the dirt. Beer fielding. I mean, I think he said they did 97 and he missed one of them. And Wash was buzzing because he uh he managed to put a bit of extra spin on one and get Neto to uh mess it up. But just love seeing clips like that. He's working hard. We obviously know Neto is a great guy, enthusiasm, passion for the game, keeps getting better. I do worry slightly. This is again, it's gonna be a first full year as a starter. It is hard work, it's a grueling season as Anthony Rendon kindly pointed out for us is a lot of games in baseball. So I do worry about how he will be second half of the year, maybe having tired. And I think he's going to need somebody to spell him at shortstop, but I love the way you're thinking on that. I love Neto. He's obviously been on the pod. We've chatted to him when I was in Anaheim. So really, really uh, want to see him succeed. I'm going to go with one for you now, though. I know it's, I can't remember exactly the phrasing you went for. It's only spring training, but Taylor Ward is going to get an MVP vote this year. I absolutely love the way he's hitting the ball. He's hitting the ball hard. He's seeing the ball well. He's come back from this horrendous, gruesome injury, and he just looks the part. I've loved him the last few years. He's obviously had some injuries. They've got in the way. He's had some really, really hot spells. This is the year he puts it all together. He is going to be the second best hitter on this team and he's going to garner an MVP vote. An MVP vote is quite an outlandish shout. I feel like that's even more outlandish than saying that Neto will be, um, be the best player on the team. I'm starting big. I'm going big. My boy Taylor, he's having a huge year this year. Yeah, I think I think if he can, if he can put together what he did kind of two years ago, uh, then... If he can continue that on, because obviously we saw him have the, he was hot for what the first at least half a season, and then kind of tailed off towards the end. If he can 
throw it all together, then yeah, maybe, maybe he's uh, he's in there for a good chat. I think at least an all-star. Maybe that's his maybe that's his baseline. Oh yeah. If you want to think low, fine, but I'm I'm aiming aiming for the stars here. I feel like kind of to to kind of maybe maybe close things down with, with one more each. I'm gonna go completely out of line and go, it's just spring training, but the angels will make the playoffs. All right, you're drinking the Kool-Aid here. What what in those three defeats in the Cactus League has given you the impression that the Angels are a playoff team? The more aggressive base running for a start, the Angels have stolen almost as many bases in five Cactus League games than they did in the entire of last season. I think that is going to be such a threat with the, some of the speedsters that we have in the team. Uh, I think that's going to that's going to play well. I think some of the relievers that that kind of we might not have even recognise their names at all. They're looking quite good. So the the depth that we're always questioning, um, that could could actually become one of our strengths as well. So I am going to throw a complete outlet and go, the Angels are going to make the playoffs. I mean, I'd love to see it. I can't say I've seen enough so far that suggests that the Angels will be anywhere near a playoff team. But you never know. This is baseball. You could catch lightning in a bottle and this Halos team, these youngsters could lead them to the postseason. It's only spring training, but, and I don't know how to pronounce this properly, so I apologise if I get this wrong, but Nelson Rada is going to be the next Angel superstar. Tell, tell me more. Just everything you see from him, that is a ball player. He's 18 years old. The speed on the basis, the approach at the plate, he just looks the part, doesn't he? He looks like he's going to be a major league superstar for me. I don't want to put the pressure on too early. But he's going to be, he's got to be. This is the Halo's next homegrown talent. Hopefully he starts the year well up in double A. Let's send him to those trash pandas. We've had some success there before. We've seen uh, the players in the uh, major league team now that have wet their feet in the at the trash pandas. And let's get him there. Let's see what he can do. I always get him and Caden Dana confused. Because they obviously have the very similar... Very one throws the ball, one hits the ball. Yeah, yeah. I always get them confused. So I was, I was. Kind of, that's why I was asking you to, to go for more because I wasn't sure which one. Because hey, <laughs> Dana actually looked quite good as well pitching. He did. Um, so yeah, maybe those two are the next, and we can have a a Rada Dana trio or duo there somewhere. It would uh, be lovely. I think those two look like the two in the Angel system that have that elite potential. And also, I'm surprised they're not knocking on the door for top 100 prospects i think the talent's there i think possibly they'll be in there by the end of the year uh, if they keep performing the way i think they will perform so it's good to have at least someone or two people to be watching in the system and there is talent in there as well don't get me wrong like we disparage it a little bit but there's still plenty of talent there it's just what sort of roles they're going to play when they get to the majors whether it's role players everyday players or beyond so I, I like those calls. I think we've seen enough in spring training that there's some positivity there, even if the record's not there, which who cares about? I think the only worry is with what we've seen with the Angels the last couple of years is how much do they get rushed and does that hinder their progression? Because we've seen a lot of guys, like, as we've as we've discussed, kind of rush through the minor system and then either not put it together or not not kind of perform that well. Obviously, Kyron Paris had a little, um, little cup of coffee last, last year and ended up batting batting a hundred in, in 15 games, which isn't isn't that great. And then ended up having um surgery to end his season. But it's kind of does he start the season in the minors and is just allowed to develop a bit more, or does he kind of 
get get rushed through because we've seen a lack of the infield depth that the Angels do have. So it's kind of hopefully avoiding that that kind of rushing through and allowing these guys to to spend a bit more time in minors and just spend more time playing baseball. A lot of these guys are very young and haven't played a lot of professional baseball, which is obviously what you need. You need more reps to be able to come through. So hopefully these guys are allowed that time. Absolutely. And we know that there's quite a big turnover in terms of staff this year as well, both on the major league side, but I think in the minors as well on the development side. So it's always hard to quantify coaching impacts. I think we all try to do it, don't we? We all slag off the pitching coach or the batting coach if things are not going well, but there's so many different factors at play in all of those scenarios. It is sometimes quite hard to really uh, quantify how well they're doing, but it's great to see the organization at least make this change. It hasn't been a good few years. We've got to try and do something different. So yeah, interesting to keep an eye on those. And I do think they need to keep someone like Paris in the minors for a bit and keep seasoning and waiting for the opportunity in the major league club. Yeah. I feel like he's like we say, he's going to be someone to watch. Obviously Rada and Dana are going to be people to watch. And hopefully I am kind of hoping that they don't get, they don't have to have a major league shot this year because hopefully the angels are good enough that they are competing towards the end of the year. So they don't want to send any guys through in September time to see what they're like because they are pushing for a playoff spot. But kind of, as we have predicted, probably is going to be even earlier than that, that some guys are getting a taste of their, of major league action. Absolutely. Right. I'm going to leave it there. Nice short one today. So hopefully people can just listen to this when on their lunch breaks, commute, if you're going for a run, People will be listening to this and that's great. Toby, I'll ask you one question before we go, though. Before we record the next podcast, will the Angels make another signing? Yes, I think it will be a very small deal, maybe a minor league deal for, for somebody. I don't think that will be a big splash, but they'll be at least bringing at least one more person. So you see no big splash on the pitching side, no Blake Snell, no Jordan Montgomery, no Michael Lorenzen, old friend. Nope. Can't see another guy coming into the rotation. Okay, interesting. And nobody, nobody in the infield. No one I've no. I think it might be an infielder, but it'll just be a backup piece more than anything, more depth than it will be a starter. There we go. You heard it here first. I look forward to the uh, live reaction podcast when we make a big splash in the next couple of days. Oh, if we record a live one, I'm, I'm here for it. <laughs> thanks very much toby thanks everyone for listening if you've enjoyed this and you haven't subscribed yet please do go and subscribe go give us five stars on spotify on apple Podcasts, and wherever you're listening to this too this will also be up on the youtube so if you are listening to the podcast but you want to check us out i don't particularly recommend it although we are wearing some lovely hats today so maybe you want to next time go and follow our youtube channel la angels uk as well but until next time, Toby, thank you. No, thank you. Thank you for having me. And go Halos. And I-